Yes, good. Uh, great to have Matt with me today as well, who's, uh, uh, we, in fact, we, we had a very leisurely start. We started in Nero's with a cup of coffee, then we flowed here for more coffee, uh, and uh, really good. So uh, Matt is from March, uh, up in the Fens, and we're excited about what God's doing right across this region, and uh, there's just a, an awakening in March of the churches that are thinking, how are we engaging with our communities? What does God want to do with us in, um, in, in places? Even like March. It's amazing. You know? And, uh, and so it's great to spend time with Matt and, uh, help encourage him and uh, what his role in that town is, etc. So it's very exciting. Um, hey, uh, God loves you. Actually, more than that, God likes us. He likes you. And I don't know whether you've ever thought of what God is like. But I want to tell you that God is full of love and compassion. I don't know whether you think of God being like a God in the sky with a stick who's about to beat you because you've done something wrong. Or what is this God like? Um, if you read books, if you do audio books, a book I'm in at the moment is God has a name by Mark John Kona. Incredible. It's theology. If you, if you self-identify as a millennial or below, I think you'll love this book. Um, I'm engaging with it. I self-identify as a millennial, even though I'm well too old. Um, but uh, it's excellent. And, uh, putting, um, Asking the question, what is the, what is God really like? What does God show himself to be like from the Bible? Uh, God has a name and God can be known. But who's this God that you can come to know? And I'd really encourage young people, put that on your reading list. I think you can get it on, this is on Amazon. You can also get it on an audio book and all that kind of stuff and is well worth a read. And of course, as we've heard through these songs today, that God also has another name, and his name is Jesus. And this God came to us. So many religions about are about us trying to get to God. But do you know what? This God has come to us and has made a way that we can come into relationship with him. And God is passionate about knowing us and being for us and actually coaching us in what life can be like. And that was one of the things about Jesus. He is the master of life. And he just came, uh, he came essentially to show us what is it truly like to be human, to be human. And actually created, it says it, he is the leader of humanity, of a new humanity, of what we, we know dysfunctional humanity, right? I wake up and be, I'm in, I'm it most, you know, 4 a.m., I'm mostly dysfunctional humanity, a picture of. But in Christ, we see who humanity has been wired and designed to be. And we believe as Christians in coming to faith with God, he comes in to live in our life and begins to create that new humanity of Christ-likeness in us, how we were originally designed and wired to be. And I found this amazing verse in the Bible. I don't know if you think the Bible's relevant or not, but take this one. Have we got any morning people here? Who's alive in the morning? Oh, naturally, a small percentage. Who's alive? Who gets going about 11 o'clock in the morning? Who's alive at night? I had a revelation. My, I am a morning person. My wife, she gets going at midnight, right? Um, and I, and I, I never understood. I found this verse and it's really coached me already this year. Proverbs 27 verse 14. 
a loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. I had never read that before. I had never understood that before. I never knew why my wife got so reactionary to the morning and me in the morning. I go, hi darling, how's it going? It's a great day out there. Are we ready to go? Kids, what a great day. Come on, this is the best day you've lived. You were made for this moment. Why do they not get excited with me? I've realized that actually this might not be a blessing. For those among me that, that live in my house, or they, you're living in shared accommodation, in a shared house, not everyone will be so excited as you at 6am in the morning. And I've never understood why, but there apparently turns out that legitimately there are people that don't function early in the morning well. And this was a revelation, and so I've, I'm, I'm practicing toning it down. Toning it down. <laughs> It's great. It's been made with love. You just crank up slowly. It's waking up. And I've been trying to crazy money. I love it. So just a little word of wisdom. If you wondered why members of a household got annoyed with you, it's there in the word. You're being a curse. <laughs> Tone it down and be a blessing. I love it. So I just want to share that bit of marriage advice, living advice together at the beginning here. Um, yeah, hey, yeah, just want to say this is, will be a great conference. Um, uh, Isabel Allen, I, I went last time. You know, we hear a name and think, why would I want to go to that conference? Um, but do you know what? Being equipped in how to live this Christian life um, is one of the most great things that we can be about. And Isabel, um, her teaching it is, is not so much about teaching about how to engage and listen to God and how to have a close relationship with God. It's how to live that out in everyday life in a uh, in kind of a supernatural way. And it's remarkable. Her stories, her coaching, uh, is, and they were some great days there. Uh, the afternoon sessions are at 2 o'clock, so it's on Friday and Saturday, 13th and 14th of March. £20 for a ticket for the whole, whole shebang. I mean, how good is that? Um, and there's seven o'clock evening sessions as well. So well worth trying to get down to Royston um, and join me there will be really good. It's also reported that Isabel Allen is the grandmother of Justin Bieber. How cool is that? So um, so she's Puerto Rican, uh, lives in Canada, um, but I don't think she's bringing her grandson. But that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, she's good, and and you'll be you'll have a great time, um, and it's going to be good. Um, Hey, time of change, new opportunities. Um, I, I, I want to encourage us um, as a church, just look around at the moment. What a cool bunch of people. Love the color, love the shapes, love the sizes, love the smiles, love the dynamics in this all. God has placed us in family. And one of the descriptions of a church is not a building with a steeple, it's a people that's family, Right? And we are connected together. And this is how God has wired us to be as God's people. A living, dynamic community built on relationships, relationship with God and relationship with one another. And I want to encourage us uh, because there are times and seasons that as communities, and actually we do it through clubs and churches and business, whatever spheres, things never quite stay, stay, the, stay the same. And things change, and we move into new seasons. 
And there's no doubt that for you as a fellowship, as a church, 2020 is going to be a year of change. And, you know, there are times in the life of a snake when they, when they will shed their skin. And what served them, how they were in one season, one reason why snakes have to shed their skins is that the skin isn't elastic and it won't grow with the snake. So it, it has to um, crack open a bit of its skin, old skin and the new skin grows inside, which is going to be more uh, for, uh, more shaped to the, to the new size of that, of that snake. And it sheds its old skin and, and something brand new begins to emerge. Same snake, same, same DNA, same everything, but a new, a newness is coming. And I just felt the Lord wanted to encourage us that coming into 2020, all those things that we've been comfortable, the skins we've been in that have been our comfortable, I've always sat in this chair, you know, I've, this is where I am, this is what I do, you know, that, and sometimes we don't like change. Huh, there's a new person started coming. I've started sitting in my seat. It's like, do you know how long I've sat in that seat? How dare you? And it's like, no, actually, here's my seat. I'd love, you know, we're growing as a church. I'd love to welcome you in. Have my seat. It's a jolly good seat. Oh, that I'll find a better seat in the house. But you're all right. You can have it. Be blessed. Um, and change. We don't often like it. But do you know, change moves us forward, and we grow, and we adapt. And it was really interesting, because last Sunday night, um, uh, as a church, um, that we heard the news uh, that um, after many years of serving um, in a leadership role, in pastoral role, uh, that Tony um, and Janice uh, will be stepping down, uh, retiring and stepping down um, at, um, on, on Tony's 63rd birthday in 64, 63 in the moment, 64, um, uh, um, in November. And that this is, this is going to be a change, right? And man, first of all, I can't believe Tony's that old, right? Um, sorry, you've still got 20 more years, mate. You're like, you know, you're 40. Why are you talking about you're 64? Um, and we honor and thank uh, Tony and Janice for everything that they've been to us as a fellowship, to you as a fellowship over these years, the blessings they are. Now, the great news is that they are going to be staying connected with you as a family, um, but it's time for a new season and uh, there's a passing on um, and this is a time. So we were sharing that news on Saturday, on Sunday night. Monday morning, uh, as the Ignite Network of Churches and Leaders, we were back in the same room and we were joined by um, Graham Blake, who leads the church down in Dis, Hope Church Dis. And we were, and he just, he, he didn't know anything of what you're going through. And as he stood up to coach and speak to us as leaders, he just said, I've got this word for New Market Community Church. And basically, it is, and it was a word, and we're going to look at the passage. If you could turn me to 2 Kings chapter 4. And he shared this word, and I just felt it was right to pick it up and share it with us as a church for a couple of minutes this morning. Um, so this is um, 2 Kings uh, in the Old Testament. And uh, chapter 4. And it's, 
a time of change. It's a time of circumstance change for a, um, for a, well, she's now a widow. Her, her husband was a prophet and was part of the company of prophets with, um, with Elisha, um, who is a remarkable prophet. And it's really interesting, actually. We, we read in the next bit that he, that, you know how Jesus fed the 5,000 and fed the 4,000? Well, Elisha fed a, a crowd of people miraculously out of a small uh, proportion of bread and, and provision. And it's really interesting that no wonder people were saying, Jesus, isn't he Elisha? Because that's what, Je- that's what Elisha did. Like these miracles, we've heard them in the past. Can these things still happen today? And Jesus turned up doing these things. But that's just on the side. Um, chapter 4 um, one of the uh, widows um, of um, uh, uh, of Elisha's company of prophets, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. Then he said, then she, so she did as she was told. And her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was filled to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said, because this is amazing. I'm pouring out for my one jar, and look, it keeps on pouring. They had been round the whole village. They had got all the jars, and they'd gone, the sons bought the last one, and she's like, I just think there's more to pour. And she's like, but like, mum, there are no more jars. In fact, we've cleaned out home base, we've cleaned out B&Q, Waterware, you know, IKEA, we've got all the jars from there. There are no more jars to fill. And she goes, what? Anyway, she goes, then there aren't any more. And he, he, the son told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. That's interesting. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now, sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live um, with what is left over. Now, there's a whole myriad of application that we can take from that remarkable story in terms of application today. But what I want to say is this woman had nothing left. She She could know, she could see no way forward. And she thought, help. The one that was the head of this family, this one that was the provider, has is going, has gone. And suddenly, it feels like we're left with nothing. We feel abandoned. And oh my goodness, we can't, we can't sustain this. We can't go forward. Um, and I wonder whether sometimes in life, we feel, help, I can't go forward. We, ha- we can't sustain. We haven't got enough. I, my, I'm limited. We cannot, I cannot possibly move forward. But I want to tell you that our challenges actually become the beginning of God's opportunities. 
And sometimes we don't need a change of circumstances, we just need a change of perspective. Because God believed, the the prophet believed, that she did have something in her house that was the very source of her moving forward. She didn't need more, she had already got something in the house. And sometimes we find our setbacks can actually be the beginning of God's comeback in our situations. And the end with God is never the end. He is the God of resurrection. He is the God of new life and new beginnings. And he will never abandon us. If we trust him, God will be faithful to us in our circumstances. Um, and what she needed was a realization that what she had in her house was enough for God to use. That he had already provided for her right under her notes. And she just needed a change of perspective to believe that God could do something with that one jar left in the house. This small jar of olive oil. Um, and <laughs> I love it. He said, what did she reply? He said, what's in your house? And she said, nothing. I've got nothing at all except. I've got nothing at all except this small jar of oil. And we write ourselves off time and time again. We just say, I've got nothing. I'm not good enough. I don't, I haven't got what it takes. All I've got is this. But we know Jesus has got the ability to take the small packed lunch that you've got to multiply it to provide 4,000, 5,000 people for provision. And God will take the small nugget of idea that we've got to transform it. Ah, even this week, I had, I had a meeting this week. I had about five meetings racked up in one day. Why I plan my day like that, I don't know. But there were about three or four really difficult conversations to have in that day. And I, I started the day, I thought, God, I just don't know whether I've got what it takes to bring the wisdom and to have the courage to have those difficult conversations. But I went out for a walk in the morning at 6 a.m. wherever it was, because I'm a morning person, right? Because I can do it. Dark, yeah, that's right. Um, I was out on a run, actually, Paul. You'll be very impressed. Two 5Ks this week. I'm very excited. Um, and uh, I was saying, God, I'm just giving you this day. Lord, I, I've got the inkling of what I think I need to say in those conversations, but I'm giving it to you. And do you know what? I got to the end of Tuesday, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what a great day. We've had some profound conversations. We've really moved some things forward. And I look back and thought, what I felt so daunted by at the beginning of the day, I got to the end of my day and realized, God, you were with me in those conversations. You, you know, you helped me in, the, in my business, in my, you know, in my organizational meetings I had to have. God, you were with me. And God wants us to live our days orientated in Him. And just don't do your God time on a Sunday or at small group or at men's breakfast. Live with God through your day. Why limit God just to the religious boxes that we've got in our heads? Go with God through every moment of your day. 
1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. What is God's will for you and me? That we live constantly connected with a God who is more than able. And yet we limit God. We just think, God, this is all I've got. No, that's more than enough to do something with. And so we see, um, oh, yeah. And so they just brought all these jars. And what do these jars represent? They can represent you. They can represent me. And God is saying to us as a church, to you as a church this time, it's not just about one anointed leader that's going to be the magic answer to you all. I'm going to turn up and let the leader do it all to me. Bring it on. Be my revival. Be my healer. Be my superstar. Be my counsel. Be my wisdom. Be the setter out of all the chairs. Be the one that does it all. You superhero pastor. Boom, boom. I tell you, that's a sure way to burn someone out. But do you know what? This picture is not just one job and oil in the Bible is a picture of the Holy Spirit being filled. And we believe um, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the dimension of God, who the person of God who is given and lives with us here on earth and fills us with his, you know, with his life. And we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he won this picture that was given on Monday. was saying, NCC, I'm not just going to fill one jar, one superstar jar. I'm going to fill all of you with new oil. And I feel this is God's encouragement for you. How are you going to step as a church into a new day? You're going to do it because all of you, all those jars are different shapes, different sizes, different uniquenesses. It's like, oh no, sorry, we can't feel that one because you're a bit, you're a bit scuffed up around the edges. Oh no, you're not, you, you know, it's like you've been out in the rain, like you've been weathered for a long time. Sorry, can't use you. We, we just want really nice terracotta color ones. Why did we have a thing for terracotta about in the 90s? I had, I had rooms in my house painted terracotta. Anyway, but, sorry if you still do, I know. Um, <laughs> or you just have. I mean, it's like, that's, that's a comeback right there. Um, but but that God doesn't look for perfection of, he's like, I will f- just bring whatever receptacles you've got. I will feel you. I will feel you. And, you know, sometimes we can think, oh, yeah, we've got nothing. Uh, I have got a bit of my talent. I have got a bit here, but God, you could never use that. And But do you know what? It's when the whole house gets filled. The whole jars get filled. That everybody has got a part to play. And the metaphor probably breaks down here horribly. But but what God was saying to us on Monday, through Graham, who knew nothing of your circumstances, that this is a new day when we will be filled. And I want to just encourage us today in in that. Because um, Ephesians chapter 4 or, uh, yeah, Ephesians chapter 4. And I just want to finish uh, with this scripture. Um, I just absolutely love it. When Paul talked to the church in Ephesus and said, 
this is the picture of church that I've got. Not something that you come and consume on a Sunday with, but it's a dynamic community of which you are an active member within. And he says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. So the body is the picture of the church, and the, church, the body's made up of different members, as we know. Some of us are noses, some of us are eyes, some of us are other tongue. Boy, can you talk? Yeah, and that's a gift from God. Others of us have got the brains, or maybe I should say others of you have the brains, and, and, and you think strategy, you think strategically. Um, and that's a gift that God's given you, that, that, that has a part to play within the church. Others of us have nimble fingers to play. Um, others of us are like itching to go and we like the feet and come on, why are we just sitting around? Let's use our feet. Let's go somewhere, church. Um, and we've all got a different dynamic that we bring to the family of God. Um, and each part does its own special work and it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I, I just think this is such a powerful picture. And it's, it's something we all are familiar with. But I just felt today was a moment to encourage us into a new season. And sometimes we're like, do you know what? I don't want to put my best foot forward because I think it could demand too much of me. It would be too daunting. Like, I can't, I could never step up to be part of that team, you know, because, you know, my time's so limited or whatever. But I would just say, dare to, dare to say yes. Dare to say yes to God. You still got boundaries. You can still say no if it's too much. We're not part of an organization that is just yes, yes, yes and doesn't have any personal boundaries. But we can step up and say, God, I will give you a bit of my time. I will give you the packed lunch I've got, God, and I want to be part of this. And some of you, God's graced us, you know, with a pastoral gift to care for people. Others of us just want to be out sharing Jesus with people. Others of us, it's really important that people understand and know the scriptures, and that matters to you. And and coming alongside, and you know, maybe a new believer to help them on their journey. That's and on a one-to-one. You'd freak out standing in front of a massive crowd, but give you a coffee with someone, you could share your heart and listen to them and answer their questions, and that's where you're at. And that is what we need, everybody flowing and functioning in their abilities, in their roles. And that is a picture of the vibrant, live church that God has got a picture of. And everybody is filled. And I would just finish with this, that that the other picture is that God provided within the house. He didn't say, go look outside the house and see what you've, what's out there to import in. But actually, your future already lies within you. And I would just encourage you with that, that I believe that as a church, you've got everything that you need and are equipped with. God's already given you what you need to move into your very exciting future. But it's interesting that it wasn't just staying with the pots that were in the house. There were new pots to go and gather and to bring in and to fill. And I feel that, you know, actually it's going to be really exciting over this next two years. 
God's going to be adding new people into you. New jars are going to come in and are going to pour it. And, you know, we must guard ourselves from the sin of, dismi- of diminishment of how we see each other. Do you remember? The people just wouldn't accept Jesus, who Jesus grew up with. They're like, he is never the Messiah. We grew up with him. <laughs> He's a carpenter's son. And they diminished him, and he, they couldn't do miracles. Jesus couldn't do the fullness of his miracles because they didn't, couldn't recognize who Jesus was becoming. And with one another, we've got to be really careful that just because someone was that in that season, that we don't just expect that they will stay that in the new season. But we've got to allow each other to grow in the giftings and may change roles and have permissions to really recognize what the Holy Spirit is doing in each other and affirm that, that we are not diminishing one another, saying, well, that's just them, isn't it? Because God's always working in all of us to develop new things in us. And we have to recognize where God is moving and where he appoints, he anoints. And God is appointing a number of you into new positions, into new roles within this church. And with that is going to come his new anointing. And there's going to be a greater flow. And it's a corporate anointing, not just coming on one new leader. I believe there's a corporate anointing being unlocked upon you as a whole church where you're going to be coming alive. Alive in who God's made you and all your giftings. And that is the picture and the encouragement that God's got for you as we come into this year of transition and movement forward. And I feel that just was what the Lord wants to say. Amen.